Hello Therapy Works listeners. I really hope you enjoyed season three of the podcast. And if you happen to be tuning in for the first time, I do recommend that you go back and listen to the amazing conversations I've had with my wonderful other guests. I do believe that these conversations are universal and resonate with everyone on some level. Whilst we're in between seasons and taking a little summer break, I wanted to answer some questions about therapy that I get asked on a daily basis. As you all seem to be loving the segment with my psychotherapist daughters, I've asked Emily and Sophie to come and give me some of the answers to your questions too. And I do hope that you find these mini episodes useful. Have a good summer. While we're on a season break before we do season four, we're going to do some little snippets of questions that we think our listeners would find helpful. So they're very straightforward questions, quite simple questions. And the first one is how to find the right therapist. Do you have any thoughts? It can be quite overwhelming for people to try and find a therapist and to know whether it's the right therapist or not, because if you're new to the world of therapy, there are tons of different types of therapy. There's like behavioral therapy, psychodynamic therapy, lots and lots of different types of therapy, and it can be really overwhelming. Um, But I think a couple of things. Firstly, I always recommend people to speak to more than one therapist. So don't just like put in whatever you want at psychology today and then just pick the first one, um, speak to a few. I think the second thing which I personally find reassuring is that research has shown that it's less about the modality of the therapist, so less about like whether they're a gestalt therapist or a behavioral therapist, and it's much more about the relationship that you have with that therapist that engenders change. Unless you really know, like I really just want a sort of short-term behavioral thing, I would say don't get too bogged down in the specific type of therapy that the person is providing. You're right that it is the quality of the relationship that predicts the outcome. And so it's a really good idea to try different therapists. I think some of the things that when you're trying those therapists to think about is how do I feel with this person in this room? Do I feel that I can be my most vulnerable self with this person? Do I feel that they get me? Because someone might be a really brilliant therapist, but they might remind you of your horrible punishing headmistress or headmaster or something. And so you would automatically just feel too defended. Maybe, but I also think that sort of part of the process of therapy is that sometimes that is part of the therapy, right? Like, that transference yeah, is true. part of therapy. So if your therapist reminds you of your mother, that actually that is really telling <laughs> okay. you something that's telling you something more about yourself and you use that relationship. I mean, often that is part of therapy, is using the transference as a therapist, using the transference and the counter-transference. So like obviously you need to feel safe and comfortable, but I also think that relationships from your previous lives often get played out in the therapeutic relationship and actually that is of value. I've had lots of therapists but I've had actually quite some quite bad therapists but I've had two that I've really loved. 
I don't know if there's much to add other than I think it's very normal if you've never had therapy before and it's not your normal world to find it quite uncomfortable initial sessions of therapy to feel awkward or feel nervous. And that's why it's very helpful to have more than one experience like Em was saying, because you have a comparison point about whether did I feel really uncomfortable because this person is a person I do not feel at ease with or is doing therapy is making me nervous and it just gives you a bit more data about what your response is to that person. I think recommendations are always helpful. Sometimes it can be hard to ask people for therapists because if, if people are not open about it, but more people have had therapy than you think. And I think recommendations is an obvious but a really useful way to find your way to a good therapist. And in a boring way, I think it's useful to have people with sort of decent accreditations if they're not a recommendation, particularly if they've got UKCP or BACP accreditations. So from you can get directories on those websites where you can put your postcode in and they'll show you local therapists. And it's it's just a safety, really, because there's a held to ethical standards and we'll have supervision and things like that. You know, now there are out there sort of things like BetterHelp or these kind of online things that match you, you know, through an algorithm, you give them information. And I have no knowledge or real experience about that process of finding a right therapist through those kind of processes. I think probably what I would say is that different types of therapy are helpful at for different people at different points in their life. And I think something like BetterHelp can provide a huge amount of support at a certain level and provide a different type of experience because I think it seems like what I know of it is that it's much more instantaneous. It's much more fluid around like, actually, I don't like this person. I'm just going to find somebody else. Those sorts of things that can really work for some people. My sort of sense is that it's just different things work for different people at different times. And if you're really time strapped and you have to have a really flexible schedule or you want quite instantaneous feedback, I imagine something like BetterHelp could be really, really useful. Mm, it seems good on accessibility. Exactly. But if you're looking for something that's much more sort of deeply relational, then I would say probably a more traditional therapy would be better. Well, this is the question. Is your first therapist like your first boyfriend, that like your first therapist can put you off therapy forever? I think that... A bad therapist can definitely put you off therapy for a long time and make it really not distrustful of a new therapist. I definitely have had clients who've had really negative experience with therapy. I think having an amazing therapist is also often about the timing in your life of like when you maybe really needed mm -hmm. a therapist and then the right person was there for you. I'd agree with all of that. I mean, I think there are basics of when you're trying therapists out is also... Is their timing, does their timing in response to you feel like it fits with you? Are they interrupting? Do you feel that they're really listening to you? Are they reliable? Do they show up at the time of the appointment and be there? Are they consistent? Are they providing you with all of the professional information about their qualifications, their accreditation, their ethics? You know, because therapy really is finding a way to trust yourself. And in order to trust yourself, you're building a relationship of trust with your therapist and finding your way into trusting them. So whatever you can do to reduce those barriers that block trust, then that's really important and very helpful. And the last thing I would add is if there is something that's irritating you or didn't feel right about your therapy, to raise it with your therapist or something about them that is challenging, whether it's a thing you remind me of my headmistress or when you do X, it makes me feel uncomfortable. I think it's a really good sounding board of whether or not you're with a therapist who can really listen to that and give a meaningful response and explore that with you in a safe 
way or whether you get a very defensive shutdown reaction and they don't want to listen. And I think if you do find something uncomfortable, really, it, it's often a really productive line of exploration if your therapist is willing to go there. And if not, then it's, it might be that you want to think again. I completely agree. The only thing I would say is that I think that's true in 99.9% of the cases. But I did have a therapist once who just like did this thing with her tongue where she'd go... <laughs> And it was sort of like a little bit of a tick. Like I think it was like a physical tick. I just found it so irritating. And maybe it was like something that was else was going on that was like much more deeper in subconscious or something. <laughs> but actually, I was like, in 99% of the cases, I would say like, I'm finding it really frustrating that you do this or you do mm. that or whatever. But I was like, I don't think I can like point out like her physical thing that she's doing with her tongue. <laughs> like it felt too personal. Like, like really sort of like weirdly into it and I had to stop seeing him I had a therapist that went to sleep on me oh mum um and I never said anything my my therapist when she went to sleep didn't even acknowledge no maybe she didn't notice I went for two years to a therapist and I went twice a week and I cannot remember her name cannot remember her name very Freudian mum <laughs> very she'd have had a lot to say about that yeah, she was good too. So this isn't a comprehensive answer to how to find the right therapist, but I think it's a good beginning. So I hope it's helpful to all of you listeners. And if you think it's helpful to a friend of yours or a family member, do share it and also rate and subscribe the podcast. And we're going to have another question that we're going to answer soon. See you then. Let me tell you about a podcast I love, and honestly, I wish I'd been around when my children were younger. The Motherkind podcast explores how to feel happier, more confident and empowered in your motherhood, even in this world of pressure, judgment and comparison. Host Zoe Blasky is the UK's leading motherhood coach, and I love her kind, wise and empathetic approach to the challenges mothers face today. Every week, she speaks to an incredible expert, such as Gabor Maté, Dr. Julie Smith, and me, to share actionable steps and powerful lessons to living your life as a mother with more joy and unapologetic confidence. Listen wherever you get your podcast. Just search Mother Kind.